Welcome to Jedi Master's Degree. I'm Biggs. Before we do anything else, I want to remind you that we have an email address. It's JediMastersDegree at gmail.com. Please tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like, and what you'd like to see for Season 2. Season 1 is in the books, but we're always looking forward to the future. So today we are covering The Empire Strikes Back Act 2, and we're also going to do our intense focus on the big reveal, and you know the one. It's the big reveal that actually comes in Act 3, but whatever. It's the way the show is designed. So let's start out talking about where we're at in Empire Strikes Back. So as you recall, last episode, we left off with Luke taking his X-Wing into Dagobah. He's looking around, and R2's kind of looking at it, and he says, yep, that's Dagobah. And he assures R2 he's not going to change his mind, and he's seeing there's no cities or technology but there's lots of life form reading, so he knows there's something alive down there. And he says, yes, I'm sure it's perfectly safe for droids, which we know, totally not safe for droids. But we'll get there in just a second. He's driving through the clouds. We see it's really bumpy. Luke's saying his scopes are dead and he can't see anything. So he says, hang on, I'm going to try a landing cycle. And this is the kind of effect I like because it's right from the X-Wing. You see nothing but clouds and sticks coming up and then eventually water. It could be done very cheaply, but it looks effective. This is actually a good place to say that I am doing the old movies. I'm not doing the special editions. We'll talk about the special editions in season three. You can find them in pristine HD quality on the internet. Legality is questionable. You're supposed to only download it if you already have the movie. You know, Disney might have something to say about it. There's also VCR tapes out there. So if you really want to go old school and not break the law, you can always do that. So Luke gets out. He tells R2-D2 to stay put. And then, of course, R2-D2 falls off into the swamp. Luke goes looking for him. And he starts to worry he's lost him forever. And then the periscope for R2 pops up. And then Luke lets him know he's going the wrong way. And then we see some kind of creature with a dorsal fin swim right behind R2. And then the creature clearly doesn't like the taste of R2 because it spits R2 out. And he gives this kind of noise as he flies out. And that is why this is not safe for droids. Luke flips him upside down and says it's lucky you don't taste any good. And he sees some mud and so he rubs off a little bit of mud. And he says, if you're saying it's a bad idea coming here, I have to agree with you. And then he says, R2, what are we doing here? It's like something out of a dream or I don't know, maybe I'm just going crazy. And then R2 spits out a bunch of mud at him and we do a wipe over to two Star Destroyers. One's quite a bit bigger than the other because it's Vader's Star Destroyer. And we see a captain walk in to see Vader. This is a great scene. We see the helmet being dropped onto Vader and we see his really scarred head. And this is where you get a clue that Vader's actually a person. There was a lot of people that were sure that Vader was a robot, which you can't really blame him because there's not a ton of hints that he's not a robot in the first movie. He certainly cuts the figure of a robot in a lot of ways. The captain lets Darth Vader know that Solo escaped into an asteroid field, but there's no way he can survive it. And Vader tells him that asteroids don't concern me, Admiral. I want that ship, not excuses. He's an Admiral, not a captain. I apologize. He's not long for this world, but I should have got his rank right. We get a wipe back to where the Millennium Falcon's at, and we see that Han shutting down to emergency power. C-3PO's already starting to get his nerve, and he says, you need to talk to the Falcon, find out what's wrong with the hyperdrive. Remember how he says that C-3PO needs to talk to the Falcon? Because that is going to be important, I don't know, 38 years later, something like that. 
Anyway, so the cave doesn't seem very stable, and he sends C-3PO out with Chewbacca, and then all of a sudden the ship kind of bucks, and Leia falls into Han's arm, and she says, let me go, and he says, don't get all excited. She says, Captain, being held by you isn't quite enough to be exciting. He says, sorry, sweetheart, I haven't got time for anything else. And she's just taking out her anger on the switches. And then Luke goes back in the X-Wing, puts some stuff into R2-D2 to hold some supplies. And he kind of looks around and says, now all I got to do is find this Yoda if he even exists. Luke mentions it's a strange place to find a Jedi Master and it gives him the creeps, which is interesting when you think about it. Because how many Jedi Masters have you found, Luke? Like, really? This is a strange place to find a Jedi Master? I'm not sure you even know what a strange place looks like to find a Jedi Master. Anyway, so he hears a sound. He looks over to his side and he sees a Muppet covering himself and saying, Oh, where put your weapon? I am wondering why you are here. And that is Yoda, of course, but he's pretending to not be Yoda. So he's saying he's he's looking for somebody, and the puppet says, Found someone you have. And he says, Right. He says, Help you, I can. Yes. Mm. And then he says, I don't think so. I'm looking for a great warrior. And he goes, Ah, a great warrior. Words not make one great. And I love the way that Yoda talks with this backward talking because he gives very simple advice. The way he says it backwards, you have to pay attention to it, which is why they wrote it that way. So Yoda starts eating some of his food and he says, how do you get so big eating food like that? And Luke is clearly annoyed with him and Yoda's like going into supplies. And this is why I love Yoda. It's the way he can be so obnoxious here. And you never see him like this after this part. But this is my favorite Yoda. The Yoda is just in to everything and laughing at everything and he finds a flashlight and then R2 reaches out to get the little flashlight from Yoda and they have this big fight and Yoda starts hitting him with a stick which I love that and Yoda yelling mine 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 <laughs> it is mine or help you I will not so Luke's telling him to move on and Yoda tells him that he'll help him find his friend and he says I'm not looking for a friend I'm here to find a Jedi master and he goes Jedi master Yoda you seek Yoda and he says, you know him? He says, mm, take you to him, I will. <laughs> Which I love his little laugh. He says, yes, yes, come on and eat. Good food, come. And I love the way that Yoda just sounds and walks around as a Muppet. Something about the way his ears move and his face and everything. Like Frank Oz, who is working the Yoda puppet, just really, really kills it doing Yoda. He does such a great job, but they never really got it right with the prequels, with the way that Yoda looks. They just sort of have him sit in a floaty chair most of the time. And when he does move around, it's a little too much motion, a little too fluid. I like the Muppet Yoda. There's something about it. I don't know. Anyway, so we get another wipe and C-3PO's having a difficult time figuring out what's going on with the Millennium Falcon. Han is getting super annoyed and handing cables up to Chewie and he's telling him that I think we better replace the negative power coupling. Princess Leia is, I don't know, torching a piece of wire it's not really clear what exactly she's doing but she's moving gears and making it look very important and then han puts his arms around her and then she says get your arms away from me he goes well i was just trying to help and then han's sweet talking to her and says we could be nicer come on admit it and then she says occasionally maybe when you are acting like a scoundrel and then he goes scoundrel scoundrel gives her this smile that just melts your heart and he says i like the sound of that And she goes, stop that. And he goes, stop what? She goes, stop that. My hands are dirty. He goes, my hands are dirty too. What are you afraid of? And she goes, afraid. And he goes, you're trembling. 
she goes, I'm not trembling. And this is where he's like moving in on her. He goes, you like me because I'm a scoundrel. There aren't enough scoundrels in your life. And she goes, I happen to like nice men. And he goes, I'm like nice men. And she goes, no, you're not. You're... And then he shuts her up with a kiss. Oh, yeah, Biggs. I was uh, coming over to talk about the kiss, but... Um... Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really hot. Okay. Producer Fett, you don't look like you're attracted at all. You're not giving us reams of information on it. Come on. You wanted her to get with Luke, right? Look, I don't need everybody thinking I have a weird incest fetish, okay? Have it your way, Producer Fett. C-3PO comes in and he says, Sir, have isolated the reverse power flux coupling. And let's just say he, um, how can we say it? He rooster blocks Han Solo. Is that a classy way to say it? And Han's clearly not happy with C-3PO and sees Princess Leia run off because she realizes it's a mistake. And we see a hologram of the Admiral talking to Vader and he's saying, no captain, they're alive. All right, so this is a captain. I'm getting these guys mixed up. They kind of look alike. These Empire guys are kind of a dime a dozen. He wants them to find Solo. And then the Admiral comes in and he tells them to move the ship out of the asteroid field so that they can so that they can send a clear transmission. And then Darth Vader kneels and he's sending a hologram to the Emperor. And the Emperor is saying there's a great disturbance in the Force. And Vader says, I have felt it. And then the Emperor says, we have a new enemy, Luke Skywalker. And he says, yes, my master. And he says, he could destroy us. And Darth Vader says, he's just a boy. Obi-Wan is no longer helping him. The Emperor says, the Force is strong with him, the son of Skywalker. He must not become a Jedi. And then Darth Vader says, if he could be turned, he'd become a powerful ally. And then he says, yes, yes. He would be a great asset. Can it be done? And then Vader says, he'll join us or die, Master. And he bows to him. And this was an interesting scene because it shows that Vader absolutely has somebody that he has to bow down to. He has somebody that's in charge of him. He is not running the show. It reminds the audience. Remember that little thing we said at the beginning of the last movie? It still applies. It's really weird the way they make the Emperor look because he's got this hooded form, but then they had some weird old guy playing him and they put orangutan eyes and transpose them onto this old guy's face. So it's not the emperor like you see him in anything else, but it's super creepy and interesting looking. And then we get a wipe back to Luke and Yoda within Yoda's hut. And Luke is crawling around and Yoda's trying to get him to eat. He's using his little tiny ladle and little tiny bowl. And then Luke doesn't like the food. Luke's complaining about a leak in the roof. And then Yoda asks, why do you wish to become a Jedi? Hmm? And he says, mostly because of my father, I guess. And he goes, ah, father, powerful Jedi was he. Hmm, <laughs> powerful Jedi. And he goes, oh, come on. How could you know my father? You don't even know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm wasting our time. And then Yoda goes, I cannot teach him. The boy has no patience. And then you hear Obi-Wan say, he will learn patience. And that's when you see what Yoda is really like. And he says, much anger in him, like his father. And he says, was I any different when you taught me? Yeah, I saw the prequels. You were kind of different. He goes, no, he is not ready. And then Luke says, Yoda? And then he goes, I am ready. I, Ben, I can be a Jedi. Ben, tell him I'm ready. He goes, ready are you? What know you ready? For 800 years I have trained Jedi. My own counsel I will keep on who is to be trained. And then he gives him this smart-ass look and says, A Jedi must have the deepest commitment, hmm? The most serious mind. This one long I have watched. All his life has he looked away. 
to the future, to the horizon. Never his mind on where he was. Hmm? What he was doing. Hmm. Adventure. Hmm. Excitement. Hmm. A Jedi craves not these things. You are reckless. This is a typical thing you see, especially in samurai movies, when you got the guy who's training the apprentice. He's always kind of talking him down and telling him how everything that he's doing is wrong. And he did say something I don't want to quite skim over here. So he says, long have I been watching this one. He's been using the force to watch Luke, right? Like he's had visions of him or whatever. He's kept an eye on him this whole time. He's also saying he's always looking off to the horizon. Remember that scene in A New Hope? He's looking out in the suns and he's feeling like his life is just never going to come to him. Excitement going on everywhere but where he's at. They're playing that Binary Suns song and it's just like and it's super sad. He's calling back to that. He's watching Luke do that. It is very important to him watching those two sons. It's called back in every single trilogy. So I just wanted to point that out. So then Yoda's telling him, he is too old. Yes, too old to be trained. And Luke says, but I've learned so much. Yoda looks doubting at him. And he kind of looks down and looks a little irritated at Obi-Wan. He says, will he finish what he begins? And Luke tells him, I won't fail you. I'm not afraid. And then Yoda's ears pop up and he goes, oh, you will be. You will be. And then Luke kind of looks at him like, no, okay, all right, I will be. Sure, I I just want to learn. So then we see the Star Destroyer blowing up some asteroids, and we see the TIE Fighters dropping some bombs on the asteroid that Han disappeared into. They still haven't found him yet. We see Leia sitting in the Falcon alone, and she's hearing the bombing off in the distance. It's very reminiscent of movies when you see people in a bunker hearing the bombs from far away. She hears a noise, and she looks at the windshield of the Falcon, and we see this alien kind of presses itself on, got a little tongue. And then she's yelling, talking about the bat, and Han runs out to go check it out. C-3PO says it might be better if I guard the ship, because, you know, it's C-3PO. (laughs) He doesn't want to stick his neck out, even if it's a robo neck that can be reattached, as we find out later. And so Han has kind of an oxygen mask, and so does Leia and Chewbacca, and they go creeping out into the smoke. He's feeling around, and he's saying it doesn't feel like they're walking on rocks, and he's saying there's an awful lot of moisture. And then Leia gives the, I got a bad feeling about this, which you hear every single movie, and then he blasts the bat-looking thing called the Minoc. Then he tells Chewie to make sure that there's no more Minox chewing on cables on the Falcon. And then one flies by Leia. One hits Chewie and he gets mad. And then another one goes by C-3PO. They shoes it away. And then Han Solo fires his blaster and he feels that they rock around for a second. And he goes, wait a minute. And then he shoots the ground again and then they rock back and forth again. And that's when he realizes that they're inside a living being. And so everybody else hasn't clued into this yet. And so Han's running up to the controls to fly out. Leia's telling him not to fly out because the Empire's out there. It's not a good idea. And he says this isn't a time for a committee. And you see him looking at the tunnel. And you see a mouth that's closing at the end of it. And so it's not a cave, obviously. It's a giant worm that tries to eat him. It doesn't quite succeed. And they fly off. And then it goes back into its hole. And we see a stop-motion bat fly by. While Luke swings on a vine and does a backflip with Yoda on his back. Yoda tells him, Ren, 
Yes, a Jedi strength flows through the Force, but beware of the dark side. Anger, fear, aggression, the dark side of the Force are they. Easily they flow, quick to join you in a fight. If once they start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Consume you at will as Obi-Wan's apprentice. And Luke looks backwards and he goes, Vader, is the dark side stronger? And Yoda says, no, quicker, easier, more seductive. And he says, but how am I to know the good side from the bad? And he said, you will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. Don't just react to things. Take time to think about it. Meditate. Meditation was really big when these movies were out back in the 70s. Yoda's telling him to use the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. He says, but tell me why can't. He goes, no, there is no why. Nothing more will I teach you today. Clear your mind of questions. And then Luke puts Yoda down, and Luke kind of looks around, and he says, there's there's something not right here. I feel cold. Death. And then Yoda says, that place is strong with the dark side of the force. A domain of evil it is. In you must go. This is where Luke is going to train. And by the way, we are going to talk about this area again when we do the Clone Wars, I guess, in Season 4, somewhere around there. Luke starts to walk in a cave, and he says, your weapons, you will not need them. And Luke stops for a second, and then he just attaches his belt, which has his lightsaber and his blaster to it anyway, and walks in. That is the first test that Luke has, and he's absolutely failed it since Yoda decided to start training him, and Yoda looks very disappointed. I guess his first test was how he would treat a stranger and seeing his patience, and obviously he failed that test. But now he's crawling into this cave, and Yoda's telling him, don't take your weapons, after he was literally just telling him to not be afraid, not have aggression, And Luke immediately goes into this place that Yoda tells him, you don't need your weapons, and he does it anyway. So there's a lizard that kind of hisses and some snakes and just all kinds of gross stuff. And I guess that snake bit Mark Hamill a couple of times. So Mark Hamill, not a friend with that giant snake. So then everything slows down. I think what they do is they take out a couple of frames once it starts going because it's very very slow but also it's real herky-jerky and so they make it feel kind of dreamlike and luke immediately pulls out his lightsaber and puts it up and we see vader walking towards him and bring up his lightsaber and so they attack and luke parries and then he parries again and parries a third time and then he makes one attack and immediately cuts off the head of vader and the headless body of vader falls down and the head rolls forward and luke looks at it really closely with his lightsaber in hand and some smoke comes up and the mask kind of blows off and then we see him inside the mask his headless body and luke doesn't know what to make of this now we know what to make of this right if you're listening to you probably seen empire strikes back if you haven't I realize that part of the point of the podcast here is for you to kind of listen to things and decide whether you want to check them out or not. Look, Empire Strikes Back, you absolutely have to check out. It's one of the best movies ever made. It really is. It's so good. There's so many things about it. So if you don't know about this big reveal somehow, if somehow you've lived, and I don't know how these people exist that aren't, you know, younger than 12, but if somehow you don't know the big twist that comes at the end of Empire Strikes Back, maybe turn this off and actually watch Empire Strikes Back. But if not, we're going to get into it because we are going to focus on the big reveal. Luke's hand gets chopped off by Vader at the end of the movie. 
all sorts of signs in this movie that point to Luke very well could die in this movie. And we'll get into that minutia as we go further into this episode and also into the next episode. Just know there's all sorts of warning signs that Luke might not make it through. And later, that hand that is cut off by Vader is replaced by a robotic hand. It makes him closer to his father. He goes out on the platform. After Vader cuts off his hand, he says something akin to, Obi-Wan never told you about your father. And he says, you told me enough. You told me you killed him. And he goes, I am your father. And Luke looks back at him. And by the way, that is, I'm your father, not Luke. I'm your father. It's just one of those things that's been changed in history, I guess, because it fit on a button easier. I don't know. Kind of goes back on the catwalk and he's like, that's not true. That's impossible. I was wanting to set the scene before we talk about it. This reveal, one of the biggest scenes in movie history. When they went to film it, there was a false page inserted into the script where Darth Vader revealed to Luke that Obi-Wan had killed his father. The actual reveal was so much more devastating because Luke is betrayed by Obi-Wan. Plus, finds out his mortal enemy who just chopped off his hand and froze his best friend is actually his father. Yeah, that's a lot to take on, especially at the end of the movie. And so Mark Hamill said the director took me aside and said, I have to tell you something. I know it. George Lucas knows it. And when I tell you, you'll know it. But if it leaks, we'll know it's you. And then he handed him a piece of paper that said, I am your father. And Hamill said, I was shocked. Hamill said that his reaction on camera was real and helped him sell the scene. Hamill kept it a secret for a year and a half. I didn't tell Carrie. She had no vault whatsoever. In fact, Harrison and I would test her. If you really wanted to get something out fast, you'd ask Carrie to keep it in her confidence and out it would go. (laughs) So during the reveal, when the cast watched the final screening, Harrison turned to Hamill and said, Hey, kid, you didn't tell me that. But he used an F word because producer Fett's efforts aside, I'm trying to keep it clean. So a British newspaper offered 20,000 notes for a Star Wars leak. One week after the scene was filmed, they reported that Obi-Wan had killed Luke's father. Hamill said he was secretly delighted. And then Lawrence Kasdan said he was very happy that on the whole it seemed like the audiences who had seen the movie kept the secret from future audience members who hadn't yet gotten in to see the movie. So that's pretty great. They had the whole spoiler thing. It was just kind of intrinsically understood at the time. When James Earl Jones went to read the line, he thought Vader lying i wonder how that'll play out so i'm just gonna play this for you really quick so this is audio that was taken at the empire strikes back this is just one movie theater i don't know how i played in all of them like i said i was a baby when this movie came out so i really don't remember how we all reacted in the theater this is how it sounded Something else I would totally check out if you want to know if this still tracks. Look on YouTube and put in I Am Your Father reactions. It's hilarious. There's so many kids. I want to get audio of it, but it doesn't quite work because the most common reaction that you see is a kid will find out that Vader's his father. They'll have their mouth like really open and like an O. And then they'll look over at their parents like, is this true? And they'll be like, yep, it's his father. And they just like can't believe it. Sometimes kids cover their face. They just always look shocked every time. It's pretty hilarious to watch. So there is a Reddit 
Reddit discussion that I found that asked, what was your initial reaction to Darth Vader's revelation in The Empire Strikes Back upon the film's release? So I'm going to share with you some of the answers here. I was stunned and I refused to accept it until Return of the Jedi. For me, at least it made Return of the Jedi a lot more enjoyable and emotional. I was convinced he lied and had to wait three years to find out the truth. The theater was so silent as we waited for Yoda to answer Luke's question, is Darth Vader my father? That's when it was confirmed. I remember my ma gasping and my dad going, no, and feeling a little stunned. The whole theater had essentially the same reaction. Good times. Shock and disbelief. He's a bad guy. Of course he lies. That's what bad guys do. I got into fistfights with my friends who saw it before I could, not because of the spoiler, but because I refused to believe it. And then, of course, after the movie came out, Lucas consulted child psychologists who said that children under the age of eight or nine wouldn't believe it. So he had Yoda confirm it in Return of the Jedi. So that's why that scene is in there. So let's talk about the debated origin of Darth Vader being Luke's father. So Lucas has said he knew the reveal before he wrote A New Hope. However, he mentioned that Darth Vader is German for Dark Father a couple of times in interviews. It's not. Also, before he made the Dark Father claim in the 90s, he was quoted saying that when he was coming up with the same name and settled on Darth and was thinking of what to pair it with, he went through Wilson, Smith, and setting on Vader. So that's really how we got the name, most likely, Darth Vader. Makes sense, right? But let's just go back for a second. Darth Wilson? Darth Smith? What? (laughs) I mean, I know these were ideas he was tossing out and didn't use, but could you imagine being afraid of Darth Smith? Like, Darth Smith. He couldn't wear a black helmet unless he wore one and then just had a big, thick mustache and no mask. And probably wasn't too big at all. Maybe had like a coffee mug of CSI Miami or something that he carried with him. That's what I picture when I hear Darth Smith. So the first draft of The Empire Strikes Back had Luke training on Dagobah when he sees a forced ghost of his father. Anakin says, You've grown well, Luke. I'm proud of you. Did your uncle ever speak to you about your sister? And Luke says, My sister? I have a sister? But why didn't Uncle Owen? And Anakin says, It was on my request when I saw the Empire closing in. I went back away for your safety and put you far away from each other. And Luke says, where is she? What's her name? And Anakin says, if I were to tell you, Darth Vader could use that information to get it from your mind and use her as a hostage. Not yet, Luke. When it's time. Will you take from me now the oath of a Jedi Knight? So yeah, Anakin was a force ghost who was warning him about Darth Vader. George Lucas came up with the idea later. George Lucas, like I said a couple of times on the show before, has a history of saying, yeah, I knew all along. Somewhat obsessed with saying he knew all along when he didn't. So people have known Lucas and said that his relationship with his father was an inspiration for the reveal. Lucas has said in interviews that his father was domineering, ultra right wing, and a businessman. And Lucas's father wanted him to run his hardware story. He thought Lucas was wasting his time in film school and was really upset about it. This kind of makes sense if you think about the fact that he has very anti-corporate views and his father was very pro-corporation. So there is a setup between him wanting to fight his father. I think that played in his psychology somewhat when he came up with this decision. There's also a theory that David Prowse came up with the twist. 
So David Prowse played the body of Darth Vader, as we've talked about. So David Prowse answered questions on the West Coast tour before they started filming Empire. He was asked about the sequel from a boy. He said Luke finds out that Vader's his father and they can't kill each other, so they'll be in the next sequel. And then a reporter from the San Francisco Examiner put out an article saying it was a potential plot point. Everything that George Lucas has said, as well as David Prowse's autobiography, however, claims that he had no knowledge of the plot twist coming. But Lucas wrote the second draft of Empire in April of 1978, 10 months before Prowse claimed Vader being Luke's father. He wouldn't even let his secretary type up the page. However, according to a fanzine called Little Shop of Horrors, David Prowse was quoted saying at a convention around October 77 that Vader didn't kill Luke's father. Vader is his father. David Prowse was always pissed off that he wasn't getting the credit he deserved for playing Darth Vader. Is it possible that George Lucas mentioned that Darth Vader was Luke's father while they were filming Star Wars in 76? And David Prowse was talking about it because he was pissed off at George Lucas? David Prowse also said in an interview once that he came up with the idea and mentioned it to George Lucas. Mark Hamill said he thought Luke Skywalker should have his hair in a braid like the samurai for Return of the Jedi. Lucas ignored him. Then Mark Hamill saw the Phantom Menace and realized that Obi-Wan had a braid. So George Lucas has a history of taking suggestions from cast members, using them in future movies, and then claiming that there were his own ideas. Despite all of that, David Prowse has denied he came up with the twist in the press before, so he said both things, so who knows what the truth is, especially with David Prowse. He has a history of just really having a chip on his shoulder about Darth Vader. In a documentary called Making of Return of the Jedi, Lucasfilm said that Prowse was in trouble on the set of the movie because he had inadvertently leaked a plot from Empire Strikes Back. So we don't really know on this whole front, but I, I think it's safe to say that David Prowse probably didn't know and was just throwing out something because it is something that's in fictional stuff before that. It's just this reveal was so big because Star Wars was so big. George Lucas has mentioned the influence of Joseph Campbell on the hero's journey of Star Wars. Campbell had written the part of the journey is that hero's atonement with the father. Whatever the inspiration was, no matter whom came up with it, it's the biggest plot twist in movie history, and it completely shaped the rest of the franchise. The whole prequels are based around the idea that Anakin is going to become Darth Vader. The sequel trilogy is obsessed with the idea that somebody has to have a familial bond somewhere in the movie, right? Is Rey's siblings with Kylo Ren? Who are Rey's parents? The twist of The Last Jedi was that Rey wasn't related to anyone of note. The twist of Rise of the Skywalker was about Rey's grandfather, right? This is all obsessed with this idea of this twist. It would continue to dominate Star Wars from then on. Every single one of the episodes of the movies revolves around this somehow. Also on TVTropes.com they talk about how a parent-child relationship between two characters who were previously thought unrelated is revealed, usually with a general dollops of melodrama. Blood is after all thicker than water. Beloved of soap operas made famous by the Star Wars films, they call it I Am Your Father trope. And they list movies under the trope as Angel Heart, Boondock Saints, Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh, The Count of Monte Crisco, Dirty Work, The Man in the Iron Mask, Mortal Engines, Mr. Deeds, 
Pirate Radio, Scanners, Shocker, The Terminator, and a bunch more on there. That's just a handful of them that I pulled. This twist, so influential, not just to Star Wars history, but just movie history in general. So let's cut back to the cave. So Yoda kind of gives a sad look that Luke makes a mistake again, and he looks over at R2-D2, and R2-D2 looks sad, which, again, if you think about the prequels, this actually works. It's not even a special edition, and he's looking at R2 knowingly like, ah, he's making the same mistake as his father, right? Now we see that the Empire's upset that there's bounty hunters on board, and he looks up and he sees a lizard bounty hunter. By the way, we're going to talk about him in Season 2. Darth Vader's addressing him. He says there'll be a substantial reward for whoever finds the Millennium Falcon. And this is always fun looking at all the bounty hunters. So, of course, you got the lizard guy. You got the gas mask guy. You got a bug-looking guy who's big and black. Vader's telling him you're free to use any methods necessary, but he wants him alive. No disintegrations. And he's pointing right at Boba Fett when he says that. Boba Fett says, as you wish. And then he walks by IG-88, who's the robot. Love that little scene. That little scene spawned an entire book that was a bestseller. The Millennium Falcon is going through the asteroid field again he's getting fired at by a star destroyer and he actually gets hit he goes to jump into light speed but the ship doesn't go han saying it's not his fault and c-3po saying that they lost their deflector shield and one more hit and they'll blow up and then han solo says that they're gonna fling around and head right towards the imperial star destroyer the star destroyer puts their shields up as he goes along buzzes the control tower and they all duck i love that they duck too because if that thing hit the control tower they're screwed somebody tells Captain Nita that they disappeared and that there's no trace of them and he's saying they can't disappear so he says get my shuttle ready I shall assume full responsibility for losing them and apologizing to Lord Vader and the guy next to him you can't really see his face but he's probably like yeah I'm getting a promotion So we see Luke is balancing and he's got Yoda up on his leg and Yoda's trying to tell him to lift this stone. And so the stone kind of floats for a little bit. Yoda's telling him to feel it and he gently brings the rock down. R2-D2 seems very happy with it and then the X-Wing starts to sink a little bit and Luke loses his focus and Yoda tells him to concentrate and he drops and Yoda falls too. And Luke's saying, I will never get it out now. Yoda's shaking his head again and says, always with you, it cannot be done. And he says, hear nothing you say. And he says, master, moving stones around is one thing, but this is totally different. Because by the way, Yoda wants him to take the X-Wing out. And Yoda says, only in your mind, you must unlearn what you have learned. And Luke nods and says, all right, I'll give it a try. And he says, no, try not, do or do not. There is no try. And then Luke gives a bit of a nod and he stares out at the X-Wing and puts his hand out kind of dramatically and closes his eyes. And you start to see the X-Wing move and it's slowly going up a bit. And Yoda looks impressed and you can tell because his ears are going up. And Luke's trying but he's starting to strain on his face. And then the X-Wing slowly sinks back down and Yoda kind of just gives a sad look. And Luke is saying, I can't, it's too big. And Yoda says, size matters not. Judge me by my size. Hmm? And well, you should not. For the ally is my force, and a powerful ally it is. Life it creates, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings we are, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Be aware of what's going on around you, right? He's saying the tree, the rock, everywhere. He's trying to get him to understand, like, look around at everything that you see. Everything's connected. Everything is together. It's kind of a meta thing. And Luke just doesn't want to have it. He just looks away and he says, you want the impossible. And he starts to walk off and Yoda looks irritated. 
irritated, strains his eyes for a second, and as Luke's grabbing his coat and goes to put it on, he slinks down. I mean, honestly, just being kind of whiny. And then Yoda goes and lifts his hand. And then you see the bubbling happen in the swamp. And R2 starts to look excited again. And he's raising up the X-Wing. And Luke comes forward to see what's going on. And Luke looks amazed as the X-Wing is lifting up out of the water. It is about being a parent or teaching somebody a little bit in this moment. Because you're always going to wind up with that moment where somebody's saying, I can't do it. And sometimes you have to show them, no, it can be done. I can do it. Just watch. And so Luke's looking at it as it's coming down. It's coming down really close to Yoda's being a little confrontational about it. And Luke checks it out. And Luke says, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, that is why you fail. Which is true. You have to believe in yourself that you can do it or it won't work. So we get another wipe. We see the escape pod going over to Vader's ship. And then we see that captain falling over. And he's clearly getting strangled by Vader. And then Vader says, apology accepted, Captain Nita. And then he sends two guards to haul him off. And that's clearly something that they're used to doing for Vader. And somebody else tells him that they did a scan and the Millennium Falcon went into light speed. They would know. And so Vader says, alert all commands. Let them know that their last known trajectory. Don't fail me again, Admiral. So once again, Piet just got promoted, but he's already regretting this promotion. And then we see an outside shot of the bottom of the Star Destroyer and the Millennium Falcon is hooked up to it. And the Falcon keeps their power off and they're watching as the Star Destroyers are starting to disperse because they can't find them. C-3PO is just screaming about a bunch of stuff and then Leia just turns him off. Han Solo mentions that when they go to dump their garbage, they'll just float off with the garbage and they won't even notice them. And Han Solo's preparing to go to the Anote system. She says there's nothing there and he says Lando's there. She goes, the Lando system? And he says, no, he's a card player, a gambler, and a scoundrel. And then he says, Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. And she says, a mining colony? And he goes, yeah, to buy a gas mine. Lando cons somebody out of it. We go back a long way, Lando and me. And she says, can you trust him? And he goes, no, but he's got no love for the Empire. I can tell you that. And then he says, here we go, Chewie, detach. And then we see the Falcon floating off of the garbage. And Leia says, you do have your moment. Not many of them, but you do have them. And she kisses him on the cheek. Han gives a little bit of a smile. And he's got to focus on what he's doing, but you can tell he's pretty happy with this development. And so once he sees the Star Destroyer gone, he swoops up off of the garbage and flies off. And then you see that Boba Fett ship, the Slave One, was watching him. And he heads off right after him. We do a wipe back to Dagobah and we see Luke upside down again. And Yoda's telling him to concentrate and feeling the flow. And he says, yes. And then he's lifting up a bunch of crates. And then he lifts up R2. Yoda's telling him, good, come. Through the first, you will see things, other places, the future, the past. Or friends, long gone. Luke says, Han, Leia? And he immediately drops everything and falls over. And Yoda just shakes his head again and says, Control, you must learn control. And Luke says, I saw a city in the clouds. And Yoda says, Mmm, friends we have there. Because clearly Yoda's seeing the same vision. And Luke says, They were in pain. And Yoda says, It's the future you see. And Luke says, The future? And Yoda nods at him. And Luke says, Will they die? And Yoda concentrates and says, Difficult to see. Always in motion is the future. By the way, every time somebody tells the future, it's never the way that they think it's going to go. And so Luke says he's got to go get them. And Yoda says, if you leave now, you would destroy all for which they have fought and suffered. 
And Luke gives a nod, and then they give a neat little circular wipe into the middle from Luke's face. And we see the Falcon is trying to touch down into Cloud City, but they don't have a landing permit. And he says he's trying to reach Lando Calrissian. And he goes, whoa, wait a minute, let me explain. And they say, you will not deviate from your course. And Leia says, they're rather touchy, aren't they? And Han was like, well... I don't know, we had a falling out, but it was a long time ago. I'm sure you forgot all about that. They give Han permission to land on platform 327, and he says, thank you. Leia doesn't trust it, and he says, look, don't worry. Everything's going to be fine, and the door opens up, and we see the man himself, Lando Calrissian, wearing a fabulous cape, and Han goes, see, my friend. And then he immediately whispers to Chewie, keep your eyes open, huh? And then Han walks up, and he goes, hey. And then Lando says, why, you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler you got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled then lando walks up to him like he's gonna hit him and then gives han a big hug and he says how you doing you old pirate good to see you and we see this guy with this robotic thing on his head just turns around and tells everybody all right go ahead go in han saying that they need repairs and then lando saying to my ship and he goes hey you lost her to me remember and then lando goes how you doing chewbacca you still hanging out with this loser chewie kind of loves it and then lando looks at leia and he goes well, what do we have here? And just starts putting the moves on her. And man, he was so suave back in the day. I just love the way he just slides on in. Hans says, you haven't lost it, you old smoothies. And then C-3PO tries to introduce himself to Lando, but Lando really could care less. He's talking about how the Falcons save their lives a few times, and then Hans asking him how he got a gas mine. And he says, well, I had supply problems of every kind. I've had labor difficulties. Hans telling him listen to you you sound like a businessman a responsible leader and as they walk by this door opens up and we see another protocol droid that looks a lot like c-3po but a little bit lighter and he goes wandering in chattering away at himself and then he's like oh my i'm terribly sorry i didn't mean any rude no no please don't get up and then he gets blown apart and we see parts of him kind of slide across the room chewbacca goes walking by gives a mournful little cry then turns back around and we get another wipe and luke's preparing to leave in his x-wing and yoda's telling him that he must complete the training he says i can't get that vision on my head they're my friends if i don't they'll die and yoda says you must not go and he says but han and leia will die if i don't go obi-wan suddenly appears and says you don't know that even yoda can't see their fate and he says but i can help him i can feel the force and obi-wan says you can't control it this is a terrible time for you when you will be tempted by the dark side of the force Yes, yes, to Obi-Wan you will listen. And he says, the cave, your failure at the cave. See, he's telling him, you failed there. And Luke says, but I've learned so much since then. Master Yoda, tell Ben. Basically, he's trying to convince Obi-Wan and Yoda that he's learned a lot and he can go help his friends. And they're trying to tell him, Vader will tempt you. This is a bad time to try and go. You haven't learned enough. Please stop. And Luke will not listen to him. And Yoda's telling him only a fully trained Jedi with the forces as ally will conquer Vader and the Emperor. If you end your training now, if you choose the quick and easy path as Vader did, you will become an agent of evil. Obi-Wan tells him patience. So he's got both of his people trying to tell him, stop, slow down, think about what you're doing. And they're telling him, if you choose to face Vader, you're doing it alone. And Luke nods and he says, I understand. And then he gets in the X-Wing anyway because of the impatience of youth. That's what always happens. You think you know best. And God, most teenagers don't have a spaceship. And Obi-Wan lifts up his hands, just upset. And he's saying, don't get angry. That leads to the dark side. And Yoda says, strong as Vader, mine 
mind what you have learned. Luke says, I will and I'll return, I promise. To his credit, he does. I mean, he's not the whole man he used to be when he returns, but he's like, you know, 90% of it. Ben disappears and Yoda says, reckless I told you he was, now matters are worse. And Obi-Wan says, that boy's a last hope. And Yoda says, no. There is another. So tune in next week. We will do Act 3 of Return of the Jedi as well as talk about its response. And may the Force be with you. We have so many shows on the Not Safer Network. Download the entire first season of the show, Not Afraid of the Star Wars fan base, but maybe it should be? Jedi Master's Degree. Two movies enter and only one movie leaves. Listen to Box Office Battle. Learn the history of television one show at a time with the podcast In Syndication. Music, anime, pop culture, movies, TV show, and the random babbling of two dudes who need to find something better to do. Check out A Feast of Geeks. The podcast that's perfectly described with its title, Movies with Wrestlers. And download the entire first season of the radio drama about a serial killer ripped from the pages of a hundred-year-old cookbook, A Thousand Ways to Please a Husband. <laughs>